You're listening to Beltway Beef, official commentary from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association's Washington, D.C. office. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Beltway Beef. Today, I'm joined by Tanner Beamer, and he's the Director of Government Affairs and Market Regulatory Policy for NCBA. Tanner, we are so happy to have you on the podcast today. It's certainly been a while. It has, and it's always good to be back on Beltway Beef. Well, it's been a while since we've had you on the podcast, but you have just been rocking and rolling in D.C. Um, You know, a lot has been happening in your world, especially this week. We saw uh, some exciting things happen in the House. So do you want to tell our listeners what happened this week with LMR and the Cattle Contract Library? Yeah, you bet. So, of course, livestock mandatory reporting is one of the most important market transparency tools that producers currently have in their toolbox to see uh, average prices, see uh, volume and a whole lot of other market information that USDA reports on a fairly regular basis. Uh, That program does require congressional reauthorization every five years. Uh, The current authority that LMR is operating under expired in 2020, uh, but Congress has been periodically giving it temporary extensions. Uh, Chairman Scott from the House Agriculture Committee uh, brought forward a bill which would extend LMR's authority to September 30th of 2022, which would provide a lot of certainty to cattle producers. You know, we've got a lot of time between now and then. Uh, We don't have to worry about whether or not LMR is tied to the appropriation cycle and whether or not it'll continue to get included in federal funding bills. So this was a really great piece of legislation from Chairman Scott. We're very grateful to him and to Ranking Member Thompson for supporting that legislation when it got to the House floor. And it passed with a a huge majority. I think there were only nine people uh, that voted against LMR reauthorization in the House of Representatives. So now it goes over to the Senate. It is important to note that um, even if the Senate doesn't take this up right away, LMR is still extended through February 18th as part of the continuing resolution that the federal government is currently being funded by. Um, And we anticipate that it will continue to get included in the appropriations process, even if it doesn't get taken up independently. But the second piece of exciting news from the House of Representatives earlier this week was that there we saw uh, Dustin Johnson and Henry Cuellar's bill to establish a cattle contract library also passed the House of Representatives by a huge margin. Uh, that legislation, of course, would require the U.S. Department of Agriculture to establish and maintain a library of all the contracts that are offered by cattle or by meat packers, rather, to cattle producers for procurement of fed cattle. Uh, Now, that is something that NCBA has adopted policy in support of. Uh, We've been advocating for that for a couple of years now, and we were excited to see that uh, make it through the entire House of Representatives. Uh, It now goes on over to the Senate. Um, I don't think that they will take it up right away. Uh, The Senate is only in session for one more week before they depart for the holiday season. And so I don't think that we'll see any sort of action uh, in the upper chamber until we return to Washington, D.C. in the early, early part of 2022. But this is a pretty significant milestone to get it over the finish line in the House of Representatives. Well, I think that was a, a great just overall background of the importance of LMR and, and what a cattle contract library would do for U.S. cattle and beef producers. But one thing that you mentioned, Tanner, was the bipartisan nature of these two pieces of legislation. And I feel like 
We are at a time right now in D.C. that we don't hear the word bipartisan a lot um, on a lot of pieces of legislation that get passed through the House or the Senate. Um, So can you just talk about the significance of that and and what that means for the future of of cattle and, and beef producers in this country? You know, LMR has been a very, very successful program ever since it was uh, teed up in 2001. And cattle producers have been very big fans of the information that gets reported through USDA under that program. And so it was no surprise that uh, it received such bipartisan support. On the contract library piece, you know, this is a this is a new concept. Congress has never discussed this in terms of cattle before. There's an existing library already in place for the swine industry, but cattle's never had access to anything like this before. I think one of the reasons you saw such a wide bipartisan support for this is because uh, it's one of those issues that our industry can, by and large, all agree upon. You know, there are a lot of different voices in Washington, D.C. that uh, purport to represent cattle producers, and we don't always see eye to eye with one another uh, on on some of these market issues in particular. Uh, This is one of those things, however, that everyone has expressed some degree of support for. And so that, I think, caught the attention of Capitol Hill, especially in an environment where there hasn't been a lot of consensus on some of these policy prescriptions that have been discussed over the last two years. And so as a result, when it came up for a vote in the House on Tuesday, you saw every single Democrat in the House vote for this bill. And of the Republicans, only nine voted, or excuse me, on the contract library piece, of the Republicans, only 13 voted against it. And so, I mean, this that's about as bipartisan as it gets. And I think a lot of that goes back to lawmakers are asking themselves, where can we find consensus in the industry? And where we find consensus, can we adopt policy? Well, great. I think that's, you know, pretty significant and and really helpful for our listeners to understand. But Tanner, our last question for you today, it's been a tough year for cattle producers. I think, you know, everybody's feeling the pressure and and everybody's kind of looking for when's that relief and and when are things going to get better? And, And this isn't something new that NCPA has been working on. We have been working to return leverage to cattle producers. We've been working to increase producer profitability. And ultimately, we've been working to increase transparency in the cattle market. So can you just talk a little bit about how we're going to continue to do that over the next year? Sure. So it's important to it's important to point out, you know, of course, that this contract library bill is one piece of a larger equation that's designed to improve price discovery, transparency, processing capacity, just everything under that cattle markets umbrella. It's not going to single handedly uh, improve the marketing environment that we have been stuck with for the past two and a half years or even longer than that for some segments like the cow calf sector, which have been struggling to maintain profitability for closer to five or six years. And so uh, this is designed to be a tool in the toolbox, right? I mean, this is this is something that is uh, designed to allow producers to look at what's being offered, look at what qualities are being incentivized in cattle. And from that information, they might be able to find different marketing windows or change up their, their programs a little bit in order to capture some additional premiums in these uh, contract agreements that are formed with uh, packers. And that benefits cow-calf producers, whether they retain 
retain ownership through the feeding sector or not, you know, because those those feeders, when they're purchasing feeder cattle, they they're, they're looking for those traits which are going to fetch a higher price and they're willing to pay a premium for those. Uh, so it really is designed to help shed more light into the industry. You know, there's been some concern about uh, confidentiality and, and maybe giving too much leverage to the packer who also will have access to this type of information. But this bill was designed in such a way that it would be subject to USDA's rules of confidentiality to prevent something like that from happening. And then in addition to that, it's just normal LMR aggregation. So uh, you're not seeing, you know, what uh, Packer A is offering to feeder B. You're seeing what the aggregate of similar contracts looks like. And again, all of that is subject to confidentiality. But in terms of what else we're working on, you know, we're, we're trying to improve processing capacity. We saw some positive news out of USDA just yesterday about loan guarantees for small and regional processing facilities. Uh, we're working on uh, improving price discovery. Uh, we've seen some positive results from our quote unquote 75% plan. Uh, and we're, of course, looking at more ways to improve transparency in the marketplace. I've got a, a working group that has been very diligently working for the last several months at providing some recommendations to the live cattle marketing committee in uh, Houston during our convention. And uh, I think it'll be a pretty lively meeting. We'll discuss a lot of these things there. Well, thanks, Tanner. It's a pleasure to have you on the podcast, and we really appreciate your hard work on behalf of cattle producers and, and look forward to having you back on to hopefully share some exciting news um, when these two pieces of legislation pass through the Senate. <laughs> thanks, Ashley. This has been another episode of Beltway Beef. Don't forget to check us out online at policy.ncba.org or catch the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, including SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. 